The opinions and views expressed in this video are purely for entertainment purposes and not for investment advice. All right, welcome back, goons. Welcome to back to another episode of Jack of All Trades. I'm here with Kaylin and Sam, as always. Um, it's going to be a short episode today because I'm uh, I've been MIA and I'm very unprepared, and it makes sense for me to be unprepared. Perfect for our episode. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> to commemorate our fiftieth, I'm unprepared. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that really does sum up the last the last 50 episodes. So Yeah, good. yeah. Uh, but I did want to talk about this, though, because like for the last month now, I've been kind of like saying this on my Instagram. And I just want to say it on the episode, too. I'm like, I think there's, there's going to be a rug pull that's going to happen this year. Like, I think the S&P is going to go down for sure. The, the Fed's going to raise interest rates. OK, but I disagree with the fact that the economy is hot. It's not. And I completely disagree with the fact that the money printing is causing the current uh, inflation, um, because I believe current inflation is just price gouging right now. And I think when 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 reality meets the market, there's going to be a bit of a rug pull. And um, yeah, we'll hopefully ca capitalize on that. But I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, Kaylee. Uh, no, I mean, I honestly pretty much agree with everything you said, which doesn't really make for good conversation. But <laughs> <laughs> well, we can discuss this. I just saw this last night. And I thought it was interesting. Like, it's, it just supports our thesis, right? It's like, so the summer payrolls rate went up by just under 200,000, um, but they were expecting 450,000. So it's quite a bit of a miss. And not only that, but okay. So here's, here's the thing that bothers me though. Unemployment rate is at 3.9%. So that sounds great. But the way they calculate it makes this number useless. You have to self, um, you have to self identify somebody looking for work in order to be counted as uh, unemployed. So if you don't count, so if you just stop looking, <laughs> Then that number goes down. It doesn't mean people are. There's a lot of people that are. Right? There's so many people that just don't want to work these days. Like I, I don't know if we talk here, but there's like a Reddit group called like you know people against working or like something like that. Where like basically I guess <laughs> there's, but there's like work. it's gone from like like nothing to like what is it? Yeah, you sent it to us. It's called anti-work. Yeah, it was like. Anti-work, yeah, and it's got like what, like a couple million people in there now, like Jesus, and like they're they're like they're basically like just assuming that like they're they just don't need to work because it's like too hard to live in this world these days with how expensive everything is, and they just want like the government to pay for stuff. What, like, you know, this this is why I can't I can't find good employees anywhere. <laughs> you know, I wanna. I show it later, but I want to. That's a good segue to the to the uh, organization. I'm I'm like donating. In. I sent you the the card, right? For yeah, Kiva. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know if you checked it out yet, but like, mm -hmm. but like, I, I want it. I want. I want. I want to. I want. I wish there was a way to transport those people to these people's lives. And just you tell me you don't want to work. It's like if you don't want to, you don't work. You don't fucking get food. You know, like, like a lot of them no. probably don't even have shelter. They literally just got food. Yeah. So, yeah, it's ridiculous, man. Like, I, don't, I don't understand. It's all like it's it's like mostly young people these days too, which is like I feel like an old, you know, mostly young people. Half the people are my age that are doing this. I just I just honestly don't get it. Like, like, like what are your like what are your long term plans? Like, what's the what's the end goal, right? Like you're you know you're in your mid twenties and you don't want to work just because you don't want to because like maybe you're in a lockdown and you got some government paychecks for a while and it felt nice not to work, but it's like what's What's the end goal? Like you, you sit at home for the next, you know, eighty years and coast on, 
you know, some welfare checks and get nowhere? Like what, like, and then you can't do anything with your life because you don't have enough money. Like, like what's, what's the plan? Like what, you know, what's the goal here? Like the, I have these conversations with people all the time where like, they're like, oh, you know, it's so expensive. Cause like, especially here in Ontario, it's like, it's so, it, it is like, it's so expensive to afford a home. It's, you know, it's so expensive to do this. Like, you know, you can't do that. Gas prices are going through the roof now. Insurance is going through the roof. Like all this stuff is going on. And like, in my head, I'm agreeing with everything they're saying. I agree that it's insane. I agree that things are expensive. I agree that it's really tough to like, you know, actually get ahead here. But in my mind, I'm like, okay, well, I just need to work like seven days a week if I'm going to get ahead. Like that's, that's where I live. I can't, I can't change what the prices of things are. So you, you have two options. You can either sit at home and complain and be miserable forever and get nowhere, or you can, you know, suck it up, work your ass off, get ahead, and then let off the gas once you have all this cool shit that you wanted to have, you know? But a lot of people just aren't willing to do that. I have a theory, if if we're talking about the younger, a little bit younger, like millennial and younger kind of generation, I have a, like, I Mm -hmm. almost can't blame them because I feel like it's the parents and the teachers that have done it, but mostly the parents where it's like, They've raised a generation of kids where it's like whatever they want, they just bitch and moan and they get it. And then if they fail, it's like no problem. Yeah. Give you a participation award. They're there. You didn't lose. <laughs> you know how to lose. Oh. <laughs> Fuck. Participation lose, awards. Right? Jesus. I'm a, I'm a millennial technically, so I think I was right on the edge of that because like I didn't have a phone until I was in grade twelve. Like YouTube came out when I was in like high school. Like. Facebook didn't exist until I was in high school. Like all these kind of like, like major social media things. And then like iPhones didn't come out until I was like, well out of high school, like, you know, all this stuff. So it's like, you know, I I didn't have, like, I wasn't like engulfed in that whole social media era. Right. Like it was like, it was, it was up and coming when I was already like a teenager and getting ready to go to college and all this kind of stuff. So like, I wasn't like raised on the stuff. And I think that was, that was kind of like, seems to be kind of like the pivotal moment because I meet people that are like, you know, four and five years younger than me. And like on the whole, it's just like, it's a completely different mentality, which is really weird because like I meet people that are five years older than me, 10 years older than me, 15 years older than me. And we all kind of have the same mindset. Can I, can I ask how, uh, how old are your parents or your dad? Roughly. Uh, my dad's 66, I think my mom's 62. So I have a theory um, about the generation thing. I think they're measuring it incorrectly. I think the fourth turning did it better where it's like, it's not, the cutoff shouldn't be a year. It should, it should be cut off. The cutoff should be who your parents are. So if your parents mm. were a boomer, then you're a fucking Gen, Gen Xer, right? If you're a Gen Xer, then your kids are millennials. And that's the problem. That's the connection. Yeah. yeah, That's a good point. Yeah. Cause it's like, whatever, whatever your parents grew up and whatever their values are, that's what they're going to instill onto their kids. Right. Right. So if you've got like, you know, your parents are one of the, you know, the younger boomers, and so everything gets pushed forward. It doesn't matter. It's you're still a, the child of a boomer, and then that that characterizes you in a certain way. That's different from millennials and, and whatnot, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see that for sure. Right. Yeah. But even, even, even some of the younger parents, though, like some you know people that are like you know teenagers now and stuff like that. There's still like I don't know. It's, it's really hit and miss, right? Like it's totally dependent on the person. Like it's you can't just lump like a whole group of like everybody from 15 to 25 years old is this type of person right like you know i know i don't like you know my wife is is you know she's in that age group and she's like one of the hardest working people i know so it doesn't it doesn't you know just paint across the board but i yeah like i mean for the most part it's it's just completely different which is 
it's just weird to me. Like, I, I just like, I, I'm always like, you know, that you're the same, like we're, we're entrepreneurs and we're always just kind of like, you know, what, what's the next thing we can learn? Like, Ooh, I'm interested in this. Let's just, you know, spend weeks researching about this. Like, let's learn about that. Let's learn this new skill. Let's try this new thing. How can I make money? Like that's just what's going through our head all the time. That's why we lose sleep at night. That's why like, to me, it's just, it's so difficult to understand how we have people that can get a job and can get good paying jobs. And they just say, nah, I don't feel like it. I'm just going to sit at home and, you know, get my parents to pay for stuff and I'll play video games. It's like, don't, don't you want like freedom? Like, don't you want to be able to do stuff for yourself? Like, I just, I don't get it, man. I don't get it. I think it's because we were taught that if you want something, you have to earn it. And then that generation has basically been trained from school by their parents and the teachers. Like, if you just bitch, you get it. Or you don't yeah. even bitch and you get it. Right? Yeah. Look, it's tough look, though too, right? Like, how do you, how do, how do you, like if you're having a kid these days like how do you even like balance that though because like you know the kids in grade i don't even know like maybe grade four grade five like i don't know when do, when do kids get iphones like you know everybody in your class has iphones and they're all on facebook and instagram in grade two i don't know then you know if you don't if you don't have that then you're the outcast right but like if you do have that then you know it kind of it kind of creates this whole class of people <laughs> So, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's tricky like that. I, if I was a parent, I would give them an iPhone, like, cause I know what it, what it's like as a kid to grow up without all the stuff everybody else has. So I wouldn't deprive my kid of mm -hmm. that. Sorry, Tim. No, Tim? I was just, I was just nodding. No. But I was like, um, but I'm like, but I don't think that's the only lesson, right? There's like, there's stuff like sports. You, you put your kids to sports and you t teach them winning and losing how to deal with it picking yourself back up like these are fundamental skills that i don't think the younger generation have like what what they don't they don't seem to have a competitive bone in their body you know right oh, yeah but that that also kind of goes back to like the fourth turning right like that book i know we've talked about this a few times and i just think it's so funny because like to me you know like we're not going to get into talking about covid or anything related to that but like to me the 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 book laid out that like right now is when the world's going to go through its cataclysmic event, right? Anybody that hasn't read this book, read it because it's very, yeah. it's, it's all real stuff. It's all historical. It's all based on like the research over the last 500 years, how human cycles evolve in essentially like 20 to 30 year periods of types of individuals and how those people kind of develop the world and like what their general um, outlook is and stuff like that. So basically like what's happening now is, you know, you and me, we're we're the ones at our, our age that were that we can basically attribute to like our grandparents in the war i'm not saying covid's the same as the war so don't get all upset about that but as far as like world events that's where we're at right now so like we're basically you know like everybody talks about like oh, our grandparents were always like you know kind of like gruff and they were the ones that started from square one and then you know the the generation right behind them are the ones that were born in the chaos you know, they were the ones that are kind of like, you know, the silent sort of like, you know, suppressive, like nervous, anxious, you know, on as a whole, like that's kind of the type of person that that is created out of that instance, right? So basically what we should see after this is a huge boom of, of industry and, and uh, the economy. And, you know, we're going to be the ones driving that in our age group because we're the ones that are essentially like historically like you and i are the ones that they would call soft right now because we've had it so easy technically our whole lives and then we're the ones that are 
you know, in our 20s and 30s and 40s that are living through the pandemic, living through the chaos. And then that hardens all of us. And then we come out on the on the other side of things. You get the big economic explosion again because we all start working hard. We get that drive back. We have all these people who don't want to work basically, you know, pulling themselves up and actually wanting to do this stuff again. And then you have the explosion of industry. You know, that was like really quick snapshot of a, you know, 600 page book. But if it, it basically is, is what's happening right now, which I think is really interesting, not the same events. And they haven't been historically either. Like, you know, we look back, there was wars, there was, you know, one of them was the declaration of independence. Like there was all these major pivotal moments in history that created some level of chaos and every time over the next 80 to 100 years, the 20 year segments are always the same as far as industry growth, human evolution and what comes out of society. So we're basically just doing something. We're in the middle of something now that's already been repeated five times over over the last 500 years. Well, I, I believe that I believe the thesis because it's quite simple. It's, it's basically everything's an action and a reaction, right? If you everything's basically a reaction to everything, right? So if you have a cataclysmic event, the, the, the reaction is to prepare and never let this event happen again. And so the generation that comes after like fucking hardworking they're they've got foresight, they've got anticipation, you know, because they're like, we'd never want to deal with that shit again. And then as, as generations mm -hmm. go on, they just get softer and softer because like, what are we preparing for? It's not going to happen, <laughs> you know, until you yeah. get to the pussy generation where it just explodes. Which is us. <laughs> we're the pussy generation. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we're getting hardened by all the, by all the lockdowns and everything. <laughs> the thing is, I, I'm trying to reconcile something, though, because according to the book, that means the Gen Z are supposed to be the saviors of, of the new one. They're supposed to be like the, what's their age group? Uh they would be like the teens right now. Teens, early twenties. That'd be the early group. Okay. So they're so they're the children okay. of the millennials. Yeah, that, that could kind of make sense because they're 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 the ones on mass that are basically protesting, not working and stuff. So, Which makes us yeah, the I think it, like, the sorry. And, and that makes us the mentors to them. Remember how there's always a relationship between a mentor and an apprentice kind of thing? That makes us the mentors. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all playing out like it makes a lot of sense, and we're we're seeing a lot of the similarities. It's just like I just know, like anytime you talk about this kind of stuff, everybody just gets upset because like, oh, you're comparing this to that, or it's not the same, or it was different times. It's it's that's that's not the point, right? It's like it's like with anything, it's like you're missing that the underlying theme of the evolution of humans is the same, and that's that's kind of what we're trying to we're trying to get at here. Is like different times, different people different issues, different hardships, different, uh, you know, improvements, different technology, but the underlying theme remains the same. And that's been the same over, you know, if you look at the first time this happened or the first time that they recorded it 500 years ago, their technology, their law system, their everything was completely different than it was during, you know, the, the first and second world wars, right? But the, the, the periods of time resulted in the same general outcome. Yeah. It could be because the same reactions, right? You have a struggle. What's the reaction to the struggle? You don't ever want to struggle again. So you prepare and you just, mm -hmm. you get smarter and you adapt, right? But like, yeah. But like, so I think another reason why the younger people don't want to believe that today is because they're all a bunch of narcissists. I don't want to put them in a category like that, but that's, it's almost undeniable, right? And if you're a narcissist, then you can think, of, well, I'm unique. Like, it don't don't lump me into anything. I'm unique. This has never happened before. I'm you know I'm one of a kind kind of thing. Like no, dude. If you spend a, even a half a minute studying history, it's like this has all happened before. 
Yeah, on the whole, it's happened before. See, like, like for me, like the way that I always think about myself is like, like I, I, I guess I could be narcissistic in a way too, because like I'm unique. I know like, like the way that I think about it is like I'm almost like I'm, I'm trying to be the best version of me that I can. Like I want to be the best, and like so in my head, that's what I tell myself. Like you know, when I'm in the gym working out, like I tell myself like you know you got to be the best. Like you're you know you're kick ass. Like, you know, everybody thinks you can't do it. Like you got to lift this weight. Like you got to do these things, right? Like that's kind of the self-talk that I do. And like, same with like when it comes to trading and stuff like that and doing things outside of, you know, multiple work, like multiple jobs and things like that and businesses is, you know, I, I, I always just tell myself like, you know, like nobody's going to give you anything. Like it's, it's all, it's all personal. It's all me. It's all like, you know, I have to be the best I can be. I am the best. Like I'm going to be the best. If I'm not right now, I will be eventually. Like it's all about, it's all about chasing that. Like for me, it's about chasing that like individual accomplishment, individual growth in whatever my chosen fields are. So like, yes, I would say for that reason, I'm probably considered narcissistic, but it's not like a, it's not like a, you know, Oh, look at me. I'm better than you kind of thing. It's like, it's more of just like a self-talk to, to make me want to improve, to be the best. I think, I think the fact that you're not comparing means that it's not a narcissistic, um, kind of endeavor it's more like kind of a motivational self-motivational kind of thing like the narcissism i mm -hmm. think it's more like constantly trying to compare see how you measure up against others kind of thing um whereas if it's just okay, yourself yeah. it's like you know what i mean like i i, and I have something i think, I think that just comes with sorry yeah no, no go ahead oh uh, no I, you go ahead less. okay uh, no i was just gonna say like i have something similar it's not where it, i'm not telling myself that i want to be the best but i tell myself but I have this level of potential that I see in myself. And if I'm not reaching it, then I have to push myself. I'm always gunning to make sure I'm at the top, like the, like the top 90% of where my potential is. Because when I am when I find myself mm -hmm. not anywhere near that the top of that level, I'm like, I just feel like I'm wasting myself, my life. I feel like I'm not, um, I'm not um, giving my parents thanks. You know, I'm not, I'm just not, I'm not being the best person I can be, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm the exact same way, man. Like, uh, I know we had we've had this conversations before, but like, you know, there's so many similarities between us in that sense. It's like, you know, we're like, it's it's just all about like being the best that you can be and like just trying to get everything you can out of every day. Like, I, I literally genuinely get anxiety when I'm sitting on the couch watching like a cartoon because I feel like I need to be doing something. Like, I need to be watching a documentary. Like, I need to be watching something that's teaching me something. And if I'm not, I need to be reading or I need to be on my computer working. Like. I, I can't sit on the couch and just like, just watch like, like mind numbing TV because I like, I literally start to feel anxious because I'm like, I, I am wasting time right now. I gotta be working. Like I gotta be doing something. And it like, it drives me nuts. Like, you know, it's, it's probably not that healthy if you talk, <laughs> you look at it like that. But I mean, I've also been able to accomplish a lot because of it. So for me, like for me, the challenge is going to be, you know, a few years down the road is going to be, how do I let off the gas? Like, how do I, how do I relax? How do I not, you know, try and push this hard every single day? That's, that's going to be the tough part for me. It's like, you know, they say like, you know, it's, it's tough to take a rest day from going to the gym. Someone's like, Oh yeah, thank God I have a rest day. And I'm like, yeah. I have to, I have to like keep myself busy so that I don't go to the gym. You know, it's the same kind of thing. It's like, how do I, how do you take that step back? Which is like, that's just the way that my mentality has always been. So again, why it's just, it's really difficult for me to wrap my hand, my head around someone that doesn't want to work. I could uh, I could tell you what I've done because I was I was I was right there with you um, for most of my life, but like a few years ago I started to 
to try something because I was realized I was kind of burning myself out. And I, I started to, it's part mm -hmm. of my maturity. It's like I started to realize that I don't have to gun it 100% all the time. I realize it's cyclical, right? I realize like as long as I keep the cycle moving, then I'm not wasting time. It's like if I start letting off the gas, knowing that it's just that part of the cycle where I'm just going to relax is the recouping phase, knowing that I'm going to continue gunning it later on, then I'm okay with it. So as long as I don't, you know, get lazy and stay lazy, then I'm okay. Where it's like, okay, I'm going to have a week where I'm just going to like zone out. I'm not going to feel guilty about it. Knowing that when this day comes or that line is crossed, I'm gunning it again, then, then that's how I deal with it. Yeah, that's not a bad idea at all. Cause like I, 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 I find myself getting into those funks where I'm like, I'm so burnt out and I'm so tired every day, but I still, I'll, I won't work less than 16, 17 hours. Like I'll still yeah. put in, you know, a 16 hour day every day, even if I'm just like, you know, I can barely keep my eyes open. I'm like delirious. And I'm like, I can't, I can't have work to do. Like, yeah. but like, I, I can't stop myself. Right. Unless something forces me to stop. <laughs> You know what woke me up out of it was because I don't know if it can translate to your this thing, but because mine's like kind of art based job, I realized it was it was um it was starting to get unproductive because um, my qual the quality of my work would suffer, and like I would spend more time yeah. doing less better work. So then I was like, this is not this is not working. Yeah, yeah, it is like yeah, it's it's. I think you're you kind of hit it on the head there when you were saying it's got to be something where it's like like pre planned. Like okay, I'm gonna take this week to like. You know, just relax, watch some TV, and then once you know Saturday rolls around, I'm going back to work full, like full speed ahead. Yeah, I think I think that's the next evolution to know um, when to call it, like I'm just going to take a rest, and know when to snap yourself out of it. Going, no, nope, this is too much. I'm getting comfortable, and then like, I need to get back to work. I think that's the next evolution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Right, what were we talking about before this? We got super sidetracked there. Oh, uh, <laughs> unemployment. <laughs> it just turned into like a life story. About it. Yeah, it kind of ties in. Exactly. It, it does tie in. I just wanted to say like the unemployment numbers are out. It was like, there was like 200,000 200, people that found jobs. Uh, the expected number was 450,000. Um, so it fell short. So again, following our thesis where I think the economy is not hot at all. Um, and prior to this, the mm -hmm. week earlier, I think it was... Um, one of the major uh, chains like Macy's or whatever, they came out and they said, oh, Bed and Bath. They said they they were short like $100 million in revenue during the holidays. And I'm like- Oh, yeah, 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 I saw that. I think I shorted yeah. them actually on one of those days. <laughs> I love that. I remember that. that. I think it's, yeah. I think it's... <laughs> <laughs> it's just yeah, funny where it's like- I always get them confused with Blackberry for some reason. Really? Okay. Uh, just like no, just like whenever I read the ticker, like B B B Y, in my head I always just think BlackBerry. No, I do too. Yeah, you're right. Because that's bad bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, I, just, yeah. I don't know why I always just think BlackBerry. They didn't do that well either. Um, but yeah, like every Aren't time they, I like, see it, down all their, I think BlackBerry is like shutting down their 3G and everything. They were saying that too. Oh, apparently they're going to get into self-driving and my buddy invested a ton of money into them and i'm like i don't know man hmm. a little late to the party but, yeah. <laughs> but uh but yeah like yeah i just i don't want to say that real quick and um and i want to shout out our nft which is perfect because i didn't even plan this but it's our 50th episode um and i got this done last oh, yeah. like, january january 3rd uh, which was so January 4th was our first episode ever 
And uh, I, I cre uh, me, Elliot, created this uh, NFT on the Cardano network to kind of commemorate our um, our uh, our thingamajig. So this is it. You can see uh, uh, you can see it on the Ada tools um, block explorer, and so it exists. So this is our first mint. Um, we put a bunch of metadata in here. So so what I actually did was I created some AR artwork for because because I'm so sick and tired of seeing those fucking pixel monkey shit. Like it's just as a piece of art, it's insulting, <laughs> and then to make it into an NFT, it's just like times two. <laughs> so I I did something special for us where I made it. It's a, at least it's AR, and uh, so if people wanted to see this. Um, they could just go on Ada Tools and look up our uh, NFT. I think you can use the hash number or any of these the criteria. Uh, Jack the Vault Trades Mint zero dot one, um, or or our ticker is JCKD Jacked, <laughs> and um, and yeah, so <laughs> it'll take you to this uh, this website, which is so this so, so this information is on the blockchain forever, and then it'll take you to the site, which will show our um, little AR thing that I made. This is on the computer, but if you're on the phone, you just go to the top right-hand corner, you click AR, and what it does is it uses the rear camera on your phone. You can place this thing anywhere in the real scene, and you can move around it and take a look at it too. So a little bit better, a little bit of an upgrade from those pixel monkeys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ours is worthless, so. <laughs> and you say that now, but who knows? Um, I don't know. Yeah, maybe maybe we'll be able to retire on the the profits from this thing. Some some billionaire will offer us a hundred million dollars for it. You never know what time <laughs> holds in store for. So like, uh, me and Elliot were we're talking deeply more deeply about this. We're thinking maybe we could uh, we could all get some some business in the future running with the NFTs, right? And then um one yeah. one business idea I got was um maybe I should say this offline. It's it's our business idea. Hmm. Yeah, don't say it on here yeah <laughs> we, we we tell people how to make their own money we don't tell people how to steal our ideas and make <laughs> true <laughs> true but oh i will say this though we did we so we minted uh we've minted five so far there's gonna be seven total and uh we're, we've got the the block of four we're gonna keep for ourselves and then the three that's remaining we're gonna probably give to our subscribers like you know whoever's our 500th or when we reach the 500th subscriber we'll like do like a raffle or some shit we have people write in and we'll send it to them and then uh, same thing for like I don't know a thousand whatever it ends up being. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, I'm down. Sounds pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Man. Right. I still can't believe I fucking made one of these things. Ah, you know what? The thing about me is when I'm quiet, I'm actually working on shit. So I didn't say anything about NFTs for a bit, and all of a sudden it's like, hey, we got one. Yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> yeah, man. All right, let's wrap it up there. Cool. Hang on, All David. Right, Don't you want to touch on Kiva? Oh, uh, thank you. Um, yeah. So this thing, um, Jesus, I forgot okay. how I found it. But um, uh, but Sam's on board. He loves it, and Kaylin, he loves the idea. And I just thought it was it's a great idea to shout out. So Kiva is a um, uh, kind of like a charity organization. The difference is that they provide backing for microloans to you know very needy. Uh, people in need. So like you can see the, the categories, women, agriculture, South America, North America. I can just show you mine real quick. Where's all my loans? So um, I've given out 11 loans so far and they're called loans, not donations. So essentially you're loaning people money, but you're collecting 0% interest. And what they're doing is they're submitting their businesses for, for money. So most of my money went to these people are, that are going to these people are, are their farmers from Nicaragua, Liberia, uh, farming for Philippines. So they just want to buy like seeds for their crop. They just want to buy some manure, some food for their cows and whatnot. 
and it's like $25, right? That you give to them. And they're, they're asking for like a few hundred at a time, maybe. Right. And, um, and so what happens is, uh, these, this money gets pooled together. Um, you get, you donate to them and then they'll pay you back throughout the rest of the year. And, um, so I'll show you my portfolio real quick. So yeah, so 11 loans. So, uh, so where's my data? So yeah, so here's the locations that I've sent it in. Um, these are the sectors, agriculture, food, but you can find any cause that matters to you. Now, what I find better than this, uh, this better than other organizations is that, you know, if I'm giving to the Red Cross or something, I don't know if my donations just paying for their ads or I don't know if they're paying for their staplers, you know, whereas this, it's like, mm -hmm. I can literally pick the person and the cause that I want to uh, donate to and it's going to them. And I think that's, that's really powerful. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Next thing we need is something to, something like that for our taxes. Oh, I know. Oh, here we go. So that's what I wanted to show. It was like my repayment schedule. So I, I handed out a bunch of money, I think in November or December. So the first crop of repayment should be coming back next month, uh, which is like $62. And so like if this $62 mm -hmm. comes back or any amount of that money comes back, I'm redeploying it, sending it right back out. And so that's what I love about this. It's like It's like you can take a little bit of money and help somebody and they earn it, right? They earn it back and they'll get returned the favor. And then you can take that money to help somebody else. And I just think that's really cool, right? It's not just purely giving, which I think teaches a, a, a bad lesson. Not necessarily, not necessarily to these people, but you know, there's a lot of donations happening domestically and it's teaching people a bad, a bad lesson. It's like, if you just ask, you're gonna get something and it's, you don't have to return anything, right? Yeah, it's nice that it's 0% interest. Well, it is and it isn't. So there's two components. There's a field partner and then there's us. We're basically the backers, the bank. The field partner will require an interest payment uh, from them because they're basically the ones distributing the money. They're keeping track of of the the, the loans. They're keeping track. They're keeping tabs on the on the borrowers, right? So they so they're offering a real service. Mm -hmm. So they'll get a percentage. But if you look at their ROI, it's usually like one percent to four percent. They're making pennies too, right? It's just like everybody's basically a charity here. So. Nothing's for free, unfortunately. No, if it was, it'd be nice, but then it would also be a socialist country and that would just be a disaster too. <laughs> you know, I think some people would love for us to be a socialist country, even though they have no idea what that means. No. What that, what that, that, that entails. Yeah. yeah. All right, man. All right. It's been a good episode. See, that was pretty good for not having any preparation whatsoever. I'm not going to wing it again. It just makes me feel so uncomfortable. <laughs> but, uh, it was, uh, I'm sorry. All right. All right. Thanks for tuning in, guys. See you next week. Later.